This is a Capricorn FM podcast. So the conversation we're having today is based on the issue around Miss South Africa top 12 finalist Lavendo Natella Jose, uh, who's bowing out of the beauty pageant and, of course, saying that uh, she was accused, rather, of bullying, you know, as, during her younger days, uh, some even calling her a ringleader of the school, the high school uh, bullying squad. So we're having a conversation this morning with clinical psychologist and mental health advocate to look at, you know, whether bullies can change, what the, the kind of effects that this has leading up to other Adulthood. We are joined by Candice Lambert. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you. And good morning to your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, people grow up and we assume that they change. We hope that they change. But if a person bullied uh, me, for example, in primary school and I never got them to uh, account for what they did to me, what effects does that usually have on someone like myself as a victim uh, of bullying? So firstly, I just want to say that <clears throat> I think I, I, I really feel um, sorry and, and uh, empathetic towards uh, all the parties. The scenario is very complicated. Um, if we can just look at bullying, so remember bullying at face value comes across like arrogance or nastiness, but oftentimes bullies have been bullied before um, or neglected. And so, in a sense, we could also be, they could also be considered as victims, um, depending on the scenario, obviously. A kid's dialogue, we believe that bullying is a cry out for help. Um, so, getting back to the question, it depends on what happened with the various encounters, how much protective factors were really built in and existed. Uh, existed. So, in other words, um, were they, um, you know, how were they raised? Um, were they self-compassionate? Um, did they have connection with their caregivers? Um, and parents, um, because we, we look at emotional agility and resilience to be able to take on that stress. That's the, the, the window of tolerance to be able to take on that, that trauma. Um, the more resilience or protective factors we have both in us, the less um, and few of the common or the milder in, encounters will affect us. However, we need to bear in mind that being bullied is quite serious and could have long-term impact on our self-esteem and our confidence, um, as well as um, how we see the world and how we interact with the world. Um, again, considering that encounters take place and how frequent and traumatic it, it, it was. Sure. You know, I've learned a lot about forgiveness, but does forgiving the perpetrator mean that I shouldn't hold them accountable when the opportunity presents itself? So, you know what, this word forgiveness, <laughs> it's a very powerful posture to have. Um, and for the, especially for the victims. And when I say victims, I, I'm, I'm also kind of including the Vern in this, in this um, category as well. Sure. Um, forgiveness and the process to get there could possibly take some work. And that should have been needed to be done. Um, such as having a supportive, caring family, um, affirming, um, as well as even counseling um, and support groups. Um, remember that a highly stressful event is less likely to turn into a trauma or a long-term issue. There was love and kindness and support and accounting process in, in, uh, in involved in where they were um, when this, this bullying incident took place. Oftentimes, psychologists you know, in, in encourage a process of letting go as well as either just you know, writing a letter, uh, burning it or tearing it up so that that person can get that closure. Sometimes we will not get the closure from the person that um, that ha- that is the perpetrator or that that has caused that damage. Um, so it's so it's very critical that we actually look at how do we actually go about psychosocial support 
for all of the parties involved. Um, and it's not just that it needs to be, you know, with a psychologist or a psychiatrist. It needs to be that healing process that needs to have taken place because I can sense that, you know, this accountability that came out now um, and this, this bullying incident that happened a few years ago, there wasn't that healing process that, that necessarily took place. Yeah. Are, are there things that we take lightly around bullying and are there real effects in the long term? Because I'm, t- I'm thinking as a parent, when my child comes back and shares a story of how they were ill-treated at school by another child, you know, it's like I, I would try to comfort yes. them, you know, say, don't worry, yes. Nana, it's going to be okay. They mm. mustn't do that, you know, and try to brush it yes. off and not realize to what extent the bullying actually extended to. So, 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 so are there real yes. effects that we get to experience in the long term? So I love what you're saying about just how you've connected with your child thereafter. So it's very important for parents to have these difficult conversations. Remember, our generation was not raised to have these difficult conversations with our kids because oftentimes our parents weren't equipped or had capacity to deal with these, these difficult issues, so they would brush it off. So we've learned to kind of brush it off. However, um, research does say, and um, just if you look at, you know, psychological um, intervention, what it says is that if you have conversations with with your kids, ask them, how did it make you feel? Um, What happened? Um, And create a safe space for them. Because remember, when you're talking about bullying, bullying is like this this, um, issue of creating this unsafe environment and being excluded, um, which is one of the basic needs of humans in any context. Um, and so what happens is that they are now feeling excluded and are not um, not feeling included in any sort of circle, even with themselves. Um, so it's oftentimes that, that those conversations thereafter is very critical. So just in terms of, of the scenario, um, fortunately and unfortunately, the responsibility still lies with the victims and victims. So in other words... Um, we are saying that, yes, they have perpetrated and these kids are still experiencing or these ladies are still experiencing the damage of the bullying. However, what trauma does to us is that it helps, it it makes us, uh, it turns our acknowledgement around. So it prevents us to acknowledge that we still have the power over our lives. Um, And so we we can go for healing and we do have the power to to uh, install closure, um, whereas not looking looking for it outside because we won't, oftentimes, we will not find that closure outside of ourselves. Mm. And talking about finding closure outside of ourselves, let's just focus a little bit on the bullies themselves. Um, you know, what can you say to someone who once upon a time was a bully and feels that they have since changed their ways? You know, is there a way, is it something they need to do to make up for the time and the people that they've bullied in the past? Yeah, you see, with the run, it's very interesting because um, it's it's a long time that it's that it's happened, and I think for her, it might even be a shock um, to say, "Sure, I didn't realize um, the extent to which you know my uh, playfulness or whatever she wants to call it, or even her, her the way she was in school actually impacted other kids." Um, so for her, I would I would say. I mean, I, I think it would be quite empowering to take a stance to say, you know what, I would actually want to go into schools now and be an advocate for, for bullied kids um, because she would get healing. The victims would get healing through that process indirectly, even if they're not directly involved with her. But also, it will really set this, this um, how can I say, the cycle up for, for anti-bullying because remember, bullies become bullies because they were bullied before. Um, so that's what I would say about that. Mm. All right, thank you so much. Uh, That is clinical psychologist and mental health advocate Candice Lambert.
Yo, I'm so guilty now, hey? Like, that, that's Why? that's the kind of comfort that I, I would normally give. Like, I just think kids are oh, kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. they must have been playing, and then the other one did not appreciate how they, you know, were Whatever, being treated yeah. during that time. And then I, I feel like it's my responsibility to comfort mine and say, ah, that mm. boy mustn't do that, or that girl mustn't do that. It's wrong. No, 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 no. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I never really take it up to say, I'm going to the school to address this matter, no matter you how nice it's out. No, be- because the conversation would likely end there. You know, I make the judgment on the spot on whether this calls for me to visit the school or it doesn't. Yo, I notify. I have had I've had instances yeah. in the previous school, in the current school, and I notify the class teacher, mm. and I follow up to say, "What have you done about this?" Mm. You know, wh- but I'm trying to cause trouble. How I'm just tense saying, would the experience have to be? What would, would your child it, come and say to you that um, will get you to report to the school? It can no, be everything. Boys, man, just boys being really nasty, pushing girls around, pushing her around, mm. just saying nasty things. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Um, unwarranted for just really ugly things. Mm. And initially, I would you know do the comforting, and I realized this is not stopping. Mm. And I involved the teacher, we involved the pr- the, the pr- school principal, mm. and they said they will handle it with, with the parents. If it occurs, they will call me in as well. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit CapricornFM.co.za.